The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd there heard it and said it was thunder. But others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this, indicating the kind of death he would die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We saved the best for last. As we tie up this homily series, we've focused on the last few weeks of Lent on the seven deadly temptations, the seven deadly sins. I think it's important for us to kind of go back to the start. And don't worry, I'm not going to spend all this time talking about all the six prior, I'm saying we look at what Jesus says elsewhere in the scriptures when he said, you have to become like a little child to enter the kingdom of God. Now, for parents out there, you're probably asking, which child? Very clear distinction has to be made. Even if you don't have kids, if you're single like myself, it doesn't really take much more work than looking at yourself to recognize there's a wide spectrum of children from saints to hellions. Now, I, I was a saint when I was a kid. My mom would probably say different. But I, when I think back, I, I recognize that, and I think all of us to a degree probably did something like this. I would make excuses to get what I wanted without going into any detail. Nothing ever diagnosed, but I did have some stomach issues as a kid, and so I would use that as my excuse. But sometimes I think it was more induced than it was actually reality. And at times when it was time to go places, I would be resistant. And don't worry, you don't have to call Child Protective Services, but at times my parents would say, okay, fine, then you can stay home by yourself. 
And this image that I had of, of how fun this was going to be or how adventurous it would be, I ended up finding that I was quite bored and when my brothers got home, they would inform me on what I missed out on. But this is precisely what brings us to the deadliest of these sins, the very basis of all sin, and that is pride. Pride. Placing ourselves as the arbiters of God's law, placing ourselves then in the focus of what's right and wrong, regardless of what the church says, placing ourselves as the one who determines the value of others, and the list goes on, pride is at the very center of all of our lives. But I think in order to kind of get a new perspective on how not to, to live in this pride, of one basic line from our first reading today can offer us great hope. Because Jeremiah is speaking to the Israelites and he, he uses this line, speaking on behalf of God, and he says this, I took them by the hand to lead them forth from the land of Egypt. This image of a child being led by the hand of the loving father is exactly what God wants for each and every one of us. God wants to lead us out of the boredom, out of the mundane of our sin and bring us to new life. But how often do we pray with that image? How often do we see ourselves in prayer as a child who's being led by the hand of a loving father? Moreover, do we trust that where God is leading us will actually bring us to new life? It will actually lead us to a new adventure? Or are we simply the defiant child who think that we know what's best for ourselves, who grasps at this authority or, or some sort of control? Because for all of us, the temptation can be to lock ourselves into our own little world. To see our, our world in such a limited aspect. And it can take on many different facets. It can be so as severe as to prioritize ourself so much that it excuses our conscience. God's voice within. Pride can take the form of presumption. Or maybe we have this sense that what we want to do or what we're doing is wrong, but we say, well, if God's loving, he'll forgive me for it. This pride can take on a, a sense of determining others' value, as I mentioned before. We can begin to assert that, well, I don't really need to listen to them because they've made mistakes in their life. We can look beyond that, and when I, I think of myself, this pride is, for me, a, a primary area is, is perfection-seeking. Sometimes we can even think that, well, if I'm perfect or if I do this just so well, then, then I will be doing God's will. But it begins to place ourself and our value at the sake of being perfect. And we forget that we have a nature and we have limitations that have suffered from the fall. When we seek this perfection, we put the power and the value in our own accord, not in God's. It can lead us then to a a bitterness or a resentment because we will never achieve that perfection. But ultimately, pride makes us delusional because we don't see as God sees, we only see as man sees. And this is what can lead us to, to judge other people, to say that other people aren't worth it, 
to begin to judge them when we have no idea why they chose to do what they did. We can begin to discredit others. We can begin even exaggerating or placing too much emphasis on success, on our own success or even, parents, the success of your children. But what that ends up doing is, is leading to a prosperity gospel where our children begin to think the most important thing or we begin to think that the most important thing in life is success. And if I am successful, then I'm blessed by God. This begins to really tear apart worship at its very core. Because worship doesn't come down to how successful we are. Worship comes down to that image again of being led by the Father. To understand God's love supersedes all of that. And this gets in the way then of any joy or any chance of having joy in our life. Because as all of us know, we're not always going to be 100%. If we do this, then we realize that we're, we're the own producers of the soul drama of our life. But a theologian, Hans Urs von Balthasar, once said that the invitation of God to his children is the invitation to become a part of his theodrama. A child locked into the imagination, fully apart cooperating and operating within God's plan, God gives us the freedom within his direction and under his guidance to even have our own ability, using our gifts to write the script of this theodrama. A life within God's view is a life lived in humility. Humility that helps us to see not as man sees, but as God sees. Humility that accepts the gifts that we've been given and recognizes that these gifts are meant to be shared. This humility is a gift that allows us to begin understanding what it means to allow ourselves to die to self so that we can bear fruit that will last. If we recognize our weaknesses, if we recognize our need for God, then I think what David said in the psalm today can provide us direction forward. Because David was not a perfect man. He was not a perfect ruler. But David said this in the Psalm today, if you caught it. He said at the end, give me back the joy of salvation. David recognized that he had been given everything he needed, but he allowed himself and his pride and his sin to erase it. I think if we become like children again, then we can begin again to recognize the joy of salvation that God has afforded to us. So what does this look like practically? Well, first I offer that image again of a child, son or daughter, holding the hand of a loving father. In order for us to move forward, we have to foster a spirit of obedience, to listen, to listen to God in prayer but also to recognize that as the author of Hebrews said today, Christ learned obedience through what he suffered. To be an obedient child of God, to find a freedom within the hands of the Father, means that at times we have to make sacrifices. We have to let go of our ego, and we have to accept then the plan that God has for us. Secondly, I think we have to foster a spirit of excitement an excitement that doesn't just have to do with our thoughts or, or our plans or our success. 
when I think to my nieces, they're, they're 10 and 13 now, but I think even now, and, and especially when they were younger, there was such an excitement in their life. Father, 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 Uncle D-Train, come look at this. See, look at this. A desire to share the simple joys in life. And for us as adults, it's no different. I think one way it can begin to be even more practical is divert the attention away from yourself. It's not bad that we, we've done good things or we've had good things, but foster a spirit of excitement outside of yourself. Draw it out of your children. Draw it out of others and find simple joys, even if it's just the fact that with a broken wrist, you can still tie your shoe. And finally then, I think to grow in humility means to be honest about how pride is getting in the way of our vocation. How pride's getting in the way of our vocation to holiness, first and foremost. And secondly then, our particular vocation. Is my job, are my hobbies getting in the way of being a good husband and father, a good wife and mother, a good son or daughter? Because our pride can get in the way of the community of a family. They can get in the way of this theodrama. We have to discern here and now if we are the obedient child who trusts in the hand of a loving father, if we're actually just that defiant one that desires to follow our own lead instead of God's. And so my brothers and sisters, pride leads us away from freedom into boredom. Humility allows us to be led by the hand to God himself. So let us remember then what it means to be a child again, to allow the Lord to bring us back the joy of our salvation. Let us embark upon this journey. Let us let go of any ego drama and find the theo drama, the adventure of God's plan for us, so that we can be led not by perfection or success, but by humility to the joy of his kingdom. Then our eyes will be opened, a clean heart will be created, and God will renew in us a steadfast spirit, a spirit of adventure, a spirit of new life, a spirit of joy as his sons and daughters.